I want, you to help, I want to help you understand. God wants us to have a renewed mind. Okay, listen to me. You're still going to deal with the sin nature. But when you have a renewed mind, you will understand that greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And you don't have to give in to that nature any longer. You see, Romans chapter 6, verses uh, 6 through 11. I'm just going to do just the sixth verse, but look what it says here. He said, you know that the old sinful self was nailed to the cross. Can somebody say amen? So that the power of sin that held us was destroyed and sin is not my boss anymore. It no longer has power over me. It's still there. But I can do something about it now. You see, Jesus, the scripture goes on there in verse 10 of Romans chapter 6 and he said he died to break the power of sin. He said, think of yourselves as dead to the power of sin. When that sin nature rises up, say, Hey, puppy, you're dead. I'm resurrected, not you. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's VLCCAZ.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. Fourth of July is uh, in the middle of the week or towards the, uh, towards the end of the week, uh, this week. And some have, have different celebrations planned, barbecues planned and stuff like that. But I think what we need to do before we plan a single barbecue, a burger, a dog, or anything is remember this great miracle called the United States of America. God brought this country together, I believe, some 250 years ago for the sole purpose of being a light to a dark world. And God has used this nation, and this nation is under attack. And as I will talk about this morning, it's very simple, the reason it's under attack, because Satan knows his days are numbered. He knows his time is short. Can somebody say amen? amen. And this is why we are dealing with many of the things that we're dealing with in the hour we live. Now, folks, I don't pretend to know the day or hour of the Lord's return, but I tell you what, I can look up, and I can look out, and I can see what's happening in this world, and I can say, it's even knocking at the door. There are many, many times that I keep my eye on that eastern sky, just waiting, saying, okay, Lord, could today be the day? Could today be the day? And as John the Beloved said so eloquently at the end of the book of Revelation, even so, come quickly, Lord 
Jesus. Folks, we don't, we don't know all that is going on, but I can tell you God is going on in the midst of it. God is working. And he is saying, be strong. Be of good courage. I will lift you, yes. I will hold you, yes. I will strengthen you, yes. In my mighty right hand, the Lord would say in Isaiah. That same declaration is for you and I today. But why do we deal with the dilemmas that we deal with? I don't know about you, but I'll talk about me for a moment. I struggle. I'm not, don't, don't get offended. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. I feel weak. I feel frustrated, aggravated, irritated. I'm not talking about you. I know that some of you are, oh, I don't feel that way, Pastor. I'm talking about me, so pardon me for a moment. I feel a little weary. But you know, when I get into God's Word, all that strength comes back. All that hope comes back. All that promise comes back. All that victory comes back. I have a problem. It's called the sin nature. Now, you can get involved in my conversation now. I will turn my monologue into a dialogue. We have this problem. It's called a sin nature. Now, I know there are sects of Christianity that would sit back and say, well, you don't have to deal with that no more. Well, the problem is you better throw the Bible away because the Bible still says you have to deal with it. Which is why, get out of my moment, I can be weak. I can be frustrated. I, okay, if you want to join in there, you can say it's you too. Anybody besides me? Okay, good. David, I was getting a little lonely there. I was, I was thinking, I, 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 what? well, you know, if I can do it, I mean, hey, it takes the weight off of people if I talk about, doesn't it? Okay. Jimmy, Sarah, so good to see your smiling faces. Our dear friends, the Cody's. Oh. Psalm chapter 63. I want to talk today for a few minutes. Okay, let the baby know that I'm preaching, not him, okay? It's, it's my turn now. Abud, will you take care of your son, please? Okay. A sermon that I've titled, God's Promise, Man's Pardon. God's promise is your pardon, my pardon. And folks, I don't need it just when I prayed a prayer. I need it every single day of my life. I need it every waking breath of my day. I need to know that God's grace is sufficient. I need to know that God's strength is manifest in my weakness. Anybody here today? Some 250 years ago, this great nation was birthed. 
And it was birthed on the foundations of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It was based on the realities that all men are created equal, given inalienable rights by their Creator. The problem is, in the hour we live, is we're trying to, we're trying to push our rights outside of a righteous God. No place in my Bible does it give me place to do some of the things that we're watching today. But it's happening. And it's happening because of what I'm about to preach. You see, God, 2,000 years ago at a place called Calvary, pardoned. But actually, do you know it happened some 6,000 years ago in a place called the Garden of Eden? When God should have smote Adam and Eve... Yet he put them out of the garden and said, okay, guys, you want to do it your way? I'm still going to be there, but you're going to have to do it your way. You say, well, pastor, how is that a pardon? He could have killed them. He could have wiped it out and started again. But he said, no, I'll let you have your way. Look at somebody and tell them, I've been trying to get my way a lot of times. But thank God for his pardon. Thank God for his grace. Psalm 63, 1 through 8. Look at this. Oh God, say that with me. Oh God, you are my God. He's not some distant, ethereal entity out there. He is a personal God. He is a personal Father, a personal relationship. And this is where the pardon begins. I earnestly search for you. How many have ever got up in the morning and you wondered if God was a thousand miles from you? Anybody besides me? Now, come on, I don't want to get just talking about me again, okay? How many ever felt that way? What should we do? I know what we do do. Do, comma, do. Okay, don't, don't. <laughs> Dial in there. Folks out there, don't worry. I've got an interesting crowd in here today, okay? I know what we do. We start thinking, God, why'd you give up on me? God, where are you? God, I shouldn't be going through this. God, I don't want to do. God, but what's the psalmist say? He said, you're my God. And I'm going to search for you even when I don't seem to see you. He said, I, my soul thirst. My, matter of fact, my whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land oh god i've got to find you in this moment in this hour in this pandemic as the worship uh singers were telling us today so many times the enemy is trying to bring a wedge ultimately where is he trying to wedge between us and god oh he tries to manifest it between us and others but the ultimate reality 
is he's trying to do it between us and God. He's trying to put that wedge in there. He said this parched and weary land. And then what's he do is he starts encouraging himself. He said, God, I'm not sure what's going on, but your unfailing love is better than life itself. I know no matter what's going on, you are better than life itself. How I praise you. As long as I live, I lift up my hands to you in prayer. Now look at this picture. Lift your hands up like this. What is that a picture of? Surrender. God, I I can't do anything. This morning when I woke up, and I'm not talking about this morning, but maybe it was this morning for some of you. You woke up and said, God, I... I I give up. I can't do anything. And God is saying, it's about time. I praise you as long as I lift up my hands. Why? Because better than the best day of my life, you satisfy me. And then what happens? Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. We start singing. I start singing songs of joy, songs of happiness, songs of victory. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. When I go down and and sleep at night, I don't go down, oh God, what's tomorrow going to hold? I thank God that He holds tomorrow. He said, I, I lie awake thinking of you. I meditate you on you throughout the night. You know, there's, there's uh, many times over the last few weeks that I've had sleepless nights. I haven't slept well. But do you know that I, I didn't lay in bed tossing and turning, moaning and groaning? You know what I did? Sometimes I got up and I walked around praying. Other times I just laid there on my pillow thanking God thanking, worshiping. Throughout the night, I meditate on you. Why? I know you're my helper. I know that I can sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I know I can cling to you. And I know, folks, <laughs> this, is the, this is the one that seals me, that you're strong right hand holds me securely. Strong right hand holds me security. Securely. So what do I deal with, Pastor? Why doesn't it feel that way? Can anybody, what, what's the phrase today? Can anybody feel what I'm talking about? You feeling it? Well, how come we're feeling other things then? You don't have your notes in front of you. If you're online, you can go and you can download these. We're going to start getting the notes back out in the bulletin here in the, last, in the, in the next little while. We've kept Miss Carol. She's done it. Wave your hand there, Carol. She does it faithfully every single week. She folds them and she gets them all put together and gets them in our bulletins. But we've tried to, to keep everybody away from doing extracurricular stuff as much as possible right now. You say, well, pastor, are you walking in fear? No, idiot. 
Can we edit that one? I just offended somebody, David. Yeah, but that was the devil. He wasn't liking me getting up this morning. Why do I say that? Please, if you did get offended, get over it and move on. It's not fear, folks. My goodness. I don't wear this mask because of fear. I wear this mask because I have faith that God is healing. And I don't want to act as a fool in saying, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do anyway. And that's the problem a lot of people in the Bible had. I'm working at it. I know Hensley's out there shouting at me right now. I talked to Hensley on the phone this morning. Uh, everybody say hi to Hensley real quick. He, <laughs> Hensley told me, he said, Pastor, I'm, I'm going to try real hard to make it, but I got to, uh, you know, he's uh, one of the, they're not open to schools. The churches that are in schools right now, uh, you need to pray for them because they're not able to go back into school. So they're doing a, uh, somebody's doing a service out in a field somewhere and somebody's doing different things. So Hensley had to be there to help set up some chairs. He said he's going to try to make it, Terry. If you see Hensley running in here, you bring him on in, okay? But uh, the reality, folks, is I do what I do out of faith, not foolishness. I just, I just... I just try to do what God has told me to do, and that is to be an example. An example. Because you know what happens when the pastor does something? Everybody else takes what he does and multiplies it. And so if I don't do things correctly, and I, I don't know, folks, they say the mask works. Well, there, sir, I can give you dozens of examples that the mask doesn't work. Okay, I can give you hundreds of examples that says it does. Well, I can give you hundreds. Of, I can give you thousands. <laughs> you know, there's some place in my Bible that says we got to get to the place of stopped acting like children. Amen. Amen. And just start being strong in Him and the power of His might. You say, well, Pastor, you got to give me a better example. Okay, let's see. The strongest person in the world's name was Jesus. He could have called 10,000 legions of angels, but he willingly yielded his life under the rights of his father and said, Father, not what I want, but what you want. And he willingly went to a cross, and he willingly laid down his life, and he willingly said, Father, for them I do this. That's all we're doing today, folks. That's all we're doing today. For them. We okay out there? I love my friends Pharrell and Tracy. For them, I do this. I love my friend Michael and Cody and and, and uh, McCaslin. <laughs> I just missed your first name. Bethy. That's right. Another Bethy. And this Bethy over. Yeah, folks. I love you so much that I'm willing to lay down my rights for a time being if I need. Are you okay? Here's the problem. 
could have put it up there as just one line. Here's the problem. Man has a fallen nature. Don't you dare tell me I can't have my rights. That's called a fallen nature. In the book of Colossians, the Bible says that God nailed his rights to the tree. The only one that had the rights nailed his rights. Are we okay? So it's okay. But because we have this fallen nature, this old man is always fighting the new man. The new man says, okay, God, whatever I need to do at this point in time, other than deny you, There is a longing in man that's still prevalent today, and it is man's fallen nature. That's, what's, that's what everything you're watching today on the news, the riots, the destroying of history, the destroy, all that is is the old man, that fallen nature that has happened since the Garden of Eden. God said, I pardon you, but you can't come in this garden anymore. I'm going to be with you, but you're going to have to deal with the earth now. And you're going to have to deal with the God of this world. The one you listen to in the garden, he's going to be doing a lot of talking. Am I making sense? And you're going to have to deal with him now. Before you didn't have to because you were dealing with me and listening to me. But because, so we have this old man fighting new man issue that will happen the rest of the days of your life. Do you know why? Here's the statement. It's on the screen. Look at this. Man inherently and almost incessantly disobeys God. Look at somebody and says, I knew he wasn't going to talk about himself very much longer. <laughs> He's talking about me now, isn't he? Uh -oh, Don't worry, folks. I'm there too. We inherently, that inherent, that's our old nature, that innate nature, that's what inherently uh, talks about. And almost incessantly, what do we do? We listen to the old man more than the new man. And because of that, what do we do? Disobey God. Romans chapter 7, 14, look at this. I, I use the entire passage down to verse 25, but I only put on the screen uh, these three, not because I couldn't put the rest. I just wanted to emphasize this. The trouble is not with the law. The trouble is not with what God said to do. You know, we have uh, close to 20,000 pages of law because man couldn't follow 10 lines of law. And I say couldn't with tongue in cheek. Because it wouldn't follow. The trouble's not the law. It's spiritual and good. The trouble's not, let me change the word law, God's word. The problem's not God's word. It's spiritual and good. Say this next phrase with me. Five words. The trouble is me. Look at somebody and say, uh-oh. Trouble is with me. I am all too human. Now listen to me. This is a reality. This is how God created us. Without the fallen nature, the fallen nation, nature happened when we disobeyed in the Garden of Eden. And the human, because one man sinned, sin has fallen upon all men. Human nature is the sin nature. I am all too human. 
And then, what's that next word say? A slave. A slave, well, a slave can't do what he wants to do. He has to do what somebody else tells him to do. Well, if you go just in the chapter before, it says, Know ye not who you yield yourself servants to obey. That's whose servants you are. Whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. You and I have a choice every single day of our life to follow God, to follow God's word, to follow God's direction, or to follow the world. And it's really that simple. When we're not following God, who are we following? The world. And who is the God of this world? Jesus' own word over in the book of John. He says, you are of your father, the devil. When you don't follow God's word, but you follow the world instead. Am I making any sense? You say, well, pastor, that's kind of tough, isn't it? Yeah, but it's going to get really good here in a few moments. But before you can get to the victory, you got to walk through the valley. A slave to sin. I've got this sin nature that I am still dealing with. And look what it says here. I don't really understand myself. I'm reading the New Living Translation, if your Bible says it a little different. I really don't understand myself. I want to do what is right. How many can say amen? But I don't do it. How many can say oh me? I do instead what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So, listen to this. I'm going to give everybody an out. God's word is going to give everybody an out. Not going to take the responsibility away, but it's going to give you a reason why you have this struggle, why I have this struggle. Look what it says here. So, I am not the one doing it. I'm not doing wrong. It is sin living in me. It is that sin nature living in me. I've made this statement for many, many years. You know why people don't want the truth? Because it costs you. Do you know that you can go through history, which is why they're trying to destroy it, and realize all the problems of the past were not really the way, not all of them, many of the problems of the past were not contrived the way they are trying to make them look today. But because it takes effort to go look for that, it's easier to just believe a lie. It's easier. So I just believe it. I just go with the crowd. Well, there is a crowd that followed a guy by the name of Korah. And there's a crowd that followed by a guy by the name of Dathan. And when Moses came down off Mount Sinai with what? God's word, God's law, just 10 little lines and said, hey guys, do this and don't do this and everything will be wonderful. Well, they didn't like the fact that he said, don't do this. 
And they didn't like the fact that he said, do this. Why? Because I have rights. That's what the devil got him to believe. That was the lie. God don't want you to know this because then you'll become like God. And we know that Moses just came back and said, okay, guys, fine. Have it your way. Those that are with me, come to my side. And those that are with them, go to that side. Well, what's so hard about that? Not a problem. They all chose sides. And God looked at Moses and said, what do you think, Moses? Say, God, they're not for me. They're not for you. I guess it's in your hand. Oh, so God just opened the ground, swallowed them up, closed the ground. Have a couple of those moments in this world. We get some things cleared up really quick. We have a couple of those, uh, those uh, Ananias and Sapphira moments. We get things cleared up really quick. You see, we have this sin nature. And it's alive and well in each one of us. What happens is the power of that nature was broken at a place called Calvary. So look on the screen. Don't condemn yourself when you have desires that are contrary to God. Don't condemn your... That's called the sin nature. Here's the problem, and Satan worked this into the church. You're not supposed to have those desires. You're not supposed to have those feelings. Well, once again, am I going to believe God's word that says, yeah, you're going to deal with those things. And I've given you the authority to overcome it. Or am I going to... Listen to the lie that says, because I have those feelings, those emotions, those irritations, frustrations, and aggravations, those weaknesses, and I must be a horrible, rotten, ungodly sinner on a banana peel to hell. See, that's what the enemy wants you to believe. But God said, no, you're going to deal with those issues. So don't condemn yourself when you have those desires that are contrary and common. See, that's why I started today with, say, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to me. And I'm going to talk about me. Why? Because if people understand, you mean the pastor deals with this? See, too many people, instead of putting me on their prayer list, they put me on a pedestal. And the minute I screw up, can I say that in church? I just did, didn't I? Then they can, you see, he's the blame. Thank you. <laughs> what was that? That was perfect. I'll talk to you later. No, just kidding. Think, think about it. Ladies and gentlemen, how many of us deal with this? And the enemy has convinced us through a lie that that means I'm a horrible, awful, ungodly, unsaved, going straight to hell person. Man, you haven't read much about Moses, have you? You haven't read much about Abraham. You haven't read much about David. You haven't read much about Fill in the blank people in the Bible who dealt with that same sin nature. You were born with it. I was born with it. 
And it was the simple reality of disobedience that initially severed our alliance with God. So the first thing that we see is man inherently and almost incessantly disobeys God. Why? We want our way. We want our rights. And then when we come to realize that by getting our way and getting our rights, it causes us to fall away from God, look at the next thing. Man inherently and almost incessantly hides from God. You see, when we continue to do what we want to do and try to use Scripture, can I tell you something? I have little, I probably shouldn't say this, honey. (laughs) I do? Do I have to now? Give me a chapter and verse that says I have to. Okay, just kidding. I have little, I have little tolerance for people that tell me God said and can't give me scripture for it. When somebody walks up, well, God told me to do this. Can you give me chapter and verse on that? Give me any scripture, even one you pull out of context. And generally they can't. Why? Because it has nothing to do with what God said. It's what you want. It's what I want. Because I have this sin nature. Am I making sense today? I'm trying to give all of us an out. We have this issue inside of us that we deal with daily. That's why I said don't condemn yourself when you have these desires contrary But when you have them and you yield to them and it causes you to start to hide from God, realize i got to deal with this problem and the problem is not God. Am I making sense today? Two hundred, two hundred fifty years ago, they left Britain because, listen, (coughs) they left Britain so they could worship freely. That's why they came to this country. So they could worship freely. That's what it says. That's what history says. Do you know why God took them out of Egypt 4,000 years ago? So they could, was it 4,000 years ago? How many years ago? It was, it was, it's in the Bible, folks. It's a long time ago. You know, he took them out of Egypt. You know why? So they could worship freely. Worship who? When they came to America, they said, we want to worship our God freely. When they left Egypt, we want to worship our God freely. Well, the problem is another God stepped in. Which God, pastor? The one sitting in your chair. The one sitting in my chair. My ways, my rights. And so today, that's all we're dealing with, is that same God who is Fathered by who? The God of this world. We desire to run from God when we get to these places instead of run to God. I'm amazed at how many folks were upset that we didn't open the church. And now the church is open and I can see those same upset people are not here. Why? Why? 
Now, don't get me wrong, folks. I'm talking about the human nature, the sin nature that wants rights. When God said, no, you got to nail your rights to the tree. Am I making any sense today? As I heard Will over here talking about Adam a moment ago, what happened in the Garden of Eden? Satan convinced Adam and Eve that they were right, that they deserved rights, and if they'll do wrong, they could be right. And then all of a sudden, God calls, comes walking around and says, Adam, where are you? Well, God, I was, I was right over there hiding from you because I did wrong. But it wasn't my fault. He said the serpent. And then, like most of the husbands in this place, at one time or another, it was that woman you gave me. <laughs> See, the problem, folks, is not that God did not know where Adam was. The problem was that God wanted Adam to realize, you thought you were right, don't you? but you don't know how wrong you really were. And now there's consequences. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the problem with believing a lie, is we forget to realize that we have to abide by the results or the consequences of the choices that we make. In Luke chapter 12, these are not going to be on the screen. I've got lots of scripture. I didn't want to put them on the screen. But Luke chapter 12, 2 and 3, you can get your notes. If you're online, you can get your notes. Just download them right there. You can go later after service. You can download your notes. Look what the scripture says in Luke chapter 12. There is nothing covered that won't be seen. There's nothing hidden that won't be known. What you've said in the dark will be heard in the light, and in secret will be shouted from the housetops. In John chapter 15, uh, verses 5 and 7, that was Luke 12, 2 and 3. In John 15, 5 and 7, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, that word abide means in right standing with. Another word is 6 records it this way. Seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6 records it this way, and his righteousness, that right relationship with God, not your rights, not my rights, his rights. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit, but without me you can't do anything. You might think you're right, but you're ultimately wrong because it's out of of right relationship with me if you abide in me and my word abides in you you'll ask whatever you desire why is that because your desires then are going to be in accordance with God's desires you'll ask what you desire and I'll give you See how easy that is? But you have this innate nature, this sin nature that wants to keep us 
heading in the wrong way. Am I making any sense this morning? I got three amens. How about out there in the... Can you, yeah, okay. I got a few more amens out there watching today. Man inherently and almost incessantly disobeys God. He inherently and almost incessantly hides from God because he has disobeyed God. And then the reality is man inherently and almost incessantly denies responsibility before God. And I already touched on that, so I won't spend much time. You see, there's two things that we'll do in life. We'll accept responsibility or deny responsibility. It's a choice. Romans chapter 14 says it this way, no one lives to himself and no one dies to himself. We will all stand before God and give account. Every one of us. That's why God says, stop blaming. Accept responsibility. And I, I, I've taught this in our church before. I, I love uh, the study of words and where they come from. Etymology is what it's called. The word responsibility literally comes from two words. Response to your ability. What is the ability? The ability God placed in us. How are we going to respond to it? We become responsible by doing it. We become irresponsible or against responsibility when we don't do it. So this is what the scripture is telling us. We deal with this innate nature inside of you and I, and we want to blame everyone and anyone besides us. John 3, verses 19 through 20. This is the condemnation. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And everyone practicing evil hates the life and does not come to the light. Why? Their deeds will be exposed. God will make us responsible. Am I making any sense today? And we see the, the, the wonderful victory that we have that proves that each one of us must abide by the results of the consequences of the choices we make. So that's why the Bible tells us to choose wisely. But here's what it said in Psalm 51. David, the man after God's own heart, said, God, before you and you only have I done wrong. He responded to the ability that God put in him. And he said, God, I'm wrong. Oh, I thought I did right, but ultimately I was wrong. Am I making sense today? And he said these words, I acknowledge my transgression and sin is always before me. L let me talk to you for just a second. When we choose to take our rights above his rights, because ultimately that's what it is. It's not against somebody else's rights. It's against right standing with him. We'll deal with that the rest of our lives. We'll live with that the rest of our lives. Oh, pardoned completely, but tormented perpetually. Not perpetually. Perpetually means forever, eternally. And so that's not what that means. That's, uh, tormented while we're alive. Why? Because we knew we shouldn't have. 
We knew what we should have done and shouldn't have done. He that knows to do good, James writes, and does it not, to him it is. We know what we're supposed to do. To him who knows to do good, does it not, to him it is sin. See, David said there in Psalm 51, verse 4, he said, against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil. See, David knew the consequences of his Adamic nature. And he went to the only one that he knew that could help him. And in the 10th verse of that passage in Psalm 51, he said, God create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit. So as I begin to wrap this up today, I want, you to, help, I want to help you understand. God wants us to have a renewed mind. Okay, listen to me. You're still going to deal with the sin nature. But when you have a renewed mind, you will understand that greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And you don't have to give in to that nature any longer. You see, Romans chapter 6, verses uh, 6 through 11, I'm just going to do just a six verse, but look what it says here. He said, you know that the old sinful self was nailed to the cross. Can somebody say amen? So that the power of sin that held us was destroyed, and sin is not my boss anymore. It no longer has power over me. It's still there. But I can do something about it now. You see, Jesus, the scripture goes on there in verse 10 of Romans chapter 6, and he said he died to break the power of sin. He said, think of yourselves as dead to the power of sin. When that sin nature rises up, say, hey, puppy, you're dead. I'm resurrected, not you. Man, that was good preaching. Galatians chapter 2, Paul summed it up in probably one of the most powerful passages in all of Scripture. He said, I am crucified with Christ. I nailed my rights to the tree. I nailed my flesh to the tree. I nailed my wants, my desires, my ambitions to the tree. I am crucified with Christ. And then he says these foreboding words. Nevertheless, I live. This is why we deal with that problem inside of us. It's still alive. I crucified it, but it's still there. But then Paul showed us the understanding of the renewed mind. He said three words, yet not I. But Christ now lives in me. And the life that I now live in this flesh, I live according to the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can somebody in God's house get excited this morning? Can somebody watching this morning uh, through video and television and different things get excited that greater is he that's in us than he that is in this world? He said, I have been crucified. I've taken my entire life and laid it before Christ. 
He said, but I'm, I'm still alive. This old nature's still alive. Yet I am not going to let it run my life. The life that I now live in this flesh, I will live according to the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the victory of a renewed mind. Those, Galatians 5.24 says, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions, with its desires. What God has given back to us is the desire he placed in us before the fall. See, that's what it means to be redeemed. That value he placed in you in the garden when we walked with him, when we talked with him, when we communed with him, speaking of Adam, he put that value, that word deem, demption. Some of y'all remember, uh, old enough to remember green stamps and, and gold stamps and all these other stamps. Well, you used to have to go to a redemption center to trade those stamps for stuff. 2,000 years ago, Jesus stamped, paid in full, and took our stuff. Can somebody say amen? That wasn't even in my notes. That was free. That was good stuff. David made more mistakes on purpose than you and I do on accident. And you know what God called him in Acts chapter 3? Or Acts chapter 13? God called him a man of my own heart. Do you know why? Because David knew where to run. When that nature raised up inside of him, he knew where to run. When that nature rises up inside of you, instead of trying to hide Instead of trying to escape, instead of trying to blame, why don't you just run back? Find an old grassy knoll at the foot of a cross and just kneel down there saying, God, I'm the man. I'm the man. God, forgive me because I got upset over a stupid mask. Because I got upset over a stupid whatever. Guys, if we can't get through this, how the heck are we going to get through the stuff that is coming? I See, I believe completely this whole thing's politicized. I believe it completely. I also believe it's very real. You want me to just ask the folks in this room who's lost family members? Well, that's not real. Oh, you want to talk to them? I can introduce you to them. Or I can sit back and say, okay, let's do something. Because they're doing something. The world's doing something. Yeah, it's politicized. And there's a ploy of Satan using his minions to manipulate the system. That's what you got to be wary of. Wear the mask for your nose and mouth, but keep your eyes open. And watch 
what the enemy, the Bible tells us not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. I'm going to give you some ways here to renew that mind just for a few moments. Number one, and it's on the screen. Jeremiah 29 says, if you'll seek me, you'll find me when you search for me with all of your heart. In other words, your life laid down and your heart before him. Make a constant effort and purpose, look at this, to seek time with God. And let me tell you something, you can't seek time with God without his word. You can't do it. You can't do it. The only way I know I'm spending time with God is I'm spending time with his word. And his words directed me to him. Somebody say amen. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not really good in the Bible. You have a little card, a memorization card that has one scripture on it. Spend time with that scripture every single day. Yeah. Well, but there's more scriptures in the Bible. I agree. But if I can only get you in one scripture every day, you're good. Yeah. So make it a constant effort to seek time. You, you got this renewed mind. You know that God has done something. So seek time with God and seek time with his word. Once again, in our, in our text that we started with Psalm 63, God, we seek you early. My soul thirsts after you. I long for you as in a dry and thirsty land. Psalm 27, one thing I have desired, O Lord, and that will I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever, and I might know the beauty of the relationship I have with you. The 139th Psalm says, Lord, you've searched me and you know me. So God, I search you to know my heart. And I say, God, here I am. Know my anxieties, my anxious life, my fears, my frustrations, my aggravations. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, see if there's any wickedness in me. You say, well, pastor, how is that wickedness per when you put you before him? That's what the psalmist is talking about. Search me, O oh God, know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. How do I get that wicked way is when it becomes about me and not about him. The second thing is make it a constant effort and purpose to make time. Not just to seek God and his word, but make time for God and his word. And the third thing, make it a constant effort and purpose to prepare time for God and his word. David in Psalm 1 said, Lord, I delight in you day and night. I will spend time in your word. Once again, back to our text, God, I've earnestly sought you. My soul has longed after you. In Titus chapter 1, listen to this. This is, this is one of those scriptures that would just, just jar me to my very being when I was a first Christian. Saying, God, what does this mean? How does this work? Look what it says here. Titus chapter 1. To the pure, all things are pure. Okay, God, what's the deal here? I'm pure. I'm saved. Doesn't that make me pure? No. It makes you saved. 
you still got a lot of ugly getting worked out. How many, when you first got saved, life just kind of went on as normal? But when you started getting time in God's Word, spending time with God, all of a sudden the stuff that you thought was normal before, you said, wow, how come I didn't see that before? I mean, you used to be able to go into a movie theater and you could watch just about anything. Now you walk in the movie and say, I remember I saw a movie, I can't remember what the name of the movie was, but years and years and years and years ago, and I loved the movie. I thought, man, I could watch it a hundred times. If any of y'all know me, if I see a movie I like, I'll watch it a hundred times. I just kind of do that, okay? And and because uh, I, I, you know, I, I hate working through the whole plot and process again. If I already know it, then it's easy. I can just go through it. And I just, hey, I know what they're doing next. <laughs> you say, Pastor, are you a movie spoiler? Don't hang with me. I might tell you how the story ends. When I first got saved, you know the first book I read? Revelation. I wanted to see if I won or not. And guess what? I won. Hey, we win. You got to prepare. Look at To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. This should be a convicting moment to make you think, how come that doesn't bother me when I'm watching this thing on? Why doesn't that bother me? God? We have these issues inside of us, but God says we're growing in Him. The world goes out, and His grace comes in. Susan Wesley Charles and John Wesley, Wesley's mom said, anything that, that dulls my desire for God is sin. The next thing that I want you to look at here, make a constant effort and purpose to examine your life every day. How? By God and His Word. Folks, this is the only way I know I'm doing right. God's Word says I'm doing right. Now, I have the unction inside of me. You have the unction inside of you that says something's it's just not right. Well, how do I know why it's not right? God's Word. God, show me why that isn't right. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not a Bible guy like you that just knows the Scriptures. Call me. Call somebody and say, why do I feel this way when I do this thing? Well, Pastor, I don't want to tell them what I'm doing. Oh, really? The Bible says, confess your faults one to another that you might be lifted up. It talks about accountability. And these, see, 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians is one of the Corinths. The Bible says, examine yourself, see if you're even in the faith. We have this nature in us. God has given us a new mind. And then number three, he has given us a restored heart. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. This is why the scripture says, but then when we are developing an intimate relationship with God, it is more about application than transformation. 
Listen to me. We're waiting for God. If this isn't God, he'll stop it. That's not what his Bible says. How come God didn't stop Adam and Eve? Why didn't God stop David? You see, we, we got this lie that we believe. Well, if this is God, if this isn't God, he'll stop it. The problem is that's not what the Bible says. If it is God, he'll make it happen. That's not what the Bible says. Well, how do I know that it's God? I get God in me. Because my heart's now in him. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. When the Lord becomes your delight, his heart will be your desire. As the worship team comes. I've got a lot more here and I know people say, well, Pastor, you shouldn't worry about the clock. Well, the problem is some of you do. And I, I want to be respectful to everything. Let me close by reading this thing that I've written down. The heart of Jesus was spiritual. I've made a statement for many, many years. Every physical fruit has a spiritual root. And we can know how our heart is maturing in Christ by the things we accept or reject. Folks, let me tell you something. As a Christian, your mouth should not be filled with the words that the world is filled with. And if I have to explain that, as a Christian, I should not want to partake in things that the world partakes in. As a Christian, these temporal things shouldn't bother me. They shouldn't. Oh, they, they'll irritate you. They'll frustrate you. They'll aggravate you. But they shouldn't bother you. Because you know the Bible says it's, this is what's going to happen. You know the scary thing to me? Matthew 24 said this is the beginning of sorrows. It's just the beginning. If I can't deal with this, if I start pulling in my shell with this, if I start lashing out with this, what am I going to do when the real stuff happens? And I, you know, if the rapture doesn't happen by then, folks, what am I going to do? My wife and I this morning, we were, we were praying and we were talking. And she said, honey, you think America will come to the place of the underground church? To where it's not a matter of postponing church for a time, but the government comes in and says, no more church. Then what are you going to do? Then what are we going to do? That's right, we're going to have church. Wherever, whenever. Well, Pastor, they're going to start looking for you. And that matters. 
as long as I've already looked for him, it doesn't matter. See, ladies and gentlemen, the heart of Jesus was spiritual. That's why when he was in that place called Gethsemane, he could say, Dad, I don't like this. I don't want this. This ain't right. But he said, not my will. Yours be done. Let me finish what I wrote down. The heart of Jesus was spiritual, but our hearts seem so far from his. His heart was pure. But can I be honest with you folks? I always am. But can I be blatantly honest? There's times my heart is greedy. Are you okay with some stuff that I wrote down? These are places of true confession. And they may affect you. They may not. This just might be talking to me again. His heart was peaceful. Mine was tormented. Hassled. His heart is purposeful. My heart is distracted. There are times, ladies and gentlemen, in this preacher's mind, I ask myself, how can I ever hope to have the heart of Jesus when I carry the weight of trying to watch over and take over and take care of and, and you know, the safety, the protection of people to do the things that God called me? How can I ever hope to have the heart of Jesus? then God began to open my eyes and he said, are you ready for a surprise? You already do. You already do have my heart. And then he began to open it up to me. He said, do you think that I left all that transparency about me in the scriptures? When people were hurting, I cried. When people were tormented, oh, I wasn't fearful for me, but I was worried. I was fearful for them. All these different things that the Bible says that Jesus went through. He said, you're going to go through those things. You see, we already have the heart of Jesus. And one of the supreme promises of God is simply this. If you and I have given our life to Jesus. Jesus has already given himself to us. Colossians, or 1 Corinthians 2. Strange as it seems, I'm reading out the Living Bible. We Christians actually do already have the mind of Christ we just have to walk in it when those other thoughts come up we got to say no doesn't line up with the word of God you say well pastor if, what, what if I don't know it doesn't line up with the word of God you already know because he gave you a new mind and he transformed this old heart I don't know where you're at today, but I really thought in, in this series on helping people to grow in Christ, 
that we have to understand these thoughts these fears these frustrations they're all normal it's that sin nature we deal with they're all normal but you have conquered them through Christ you have overcome them because he overcame the world and when those thoughts come I'm going to pray for you when those thoughts come take a hold of them say pastor how do I do that you say no not going to listen to you I know some of y'all know that I kind of like that new movie it's not Frosty it's Frozen I don't know I'm, I'm 62 years old and I like animated movies Maybe it's that part of me that never grew up. And I, I, in the movie, there's this, this song. My wife will actually walk around the house sometimes because she's heard it so much that she can't get it out of her head. She says, you're a voice that I'm not going to hear. She says, some, some want to hear you, but I don't. Folks, God is all over that movie the victory that I have in I can find all over in that movie some want to listen to you but I don't see when the enemy comes in you don't have to listen to him well say if I tell him no is he going to shut up no that's where you turn the worship songs on that's where you turn the word of God on you start filling your mind See, I didn't read it, but in my notes, Romans chapter 12 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. You say, Pastor, am I supposed to beat my head with the Bible? No, you're supposed to get the Bible in your mind. And then he says these words. That you might present yourself to God. Holy. That word holy means set apart. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. Set apart. Holy. Acceptable. Acceptable. What do you mean? I'm looking at what the world's doing. I'm saying, nope, that's not God. So I'm looking at what God's doing and saying, okay, that's what I'm going to do. That's talking about being acceptable. And then it says these foreboding words, which is your reasonable act of worship. Your reasonable. Well, Pastor, can you explain? Yeah, it's the least we can do for what he's done. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're doing. And please, 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 if you're watching by video if you didn't shut it off <laughs> if you're in this room and somehow or another I stepped on your toe L listen to me I meant to okay I did mean to you see unlike some pastors I want to challenge you because if I don't challenge you nothing will change you God's word is the only thing that will change you 
but God's word has to challenge you to change you. And so if I did do that, please, it's only to help us realize you got this nature inside of you that is still alive and well. And if you keep feeding it, it'll get stronger. And you and Christ will get weaker. You might call it faith, but God's word calls it foolishness. You okay out there? And I want to be wise in him. I want to be strong in him and the power of his might. So I don't want you to stand, but I do want you to do something. Remember you lifting your hands in that sign of surrender? I want you to do that with me this morning. We've only been here, you know, about an hour or so, so I'm sure the antiperspirant hasn't worn off. So lift your hands. I'm going to pray for you. Father, every man, woman, and child in this place has to come to a place that we surrender daily. Paul, that's what you wrote, I die daily. I live a resurrected life because I've walked through a crucified life. I've nailed it all to the tree. Therefore, because I've been crucified with Christ, even though I know this flesh is still alive and well, I'm not going to live according to it. I'm going to live according to the one who loved me and gave himself for me. God, today, wherever there are, wherever those that are in this room, those that are watching around the world, God, wherever they are, come visit them right now as they surrender their rights, their all, their hearts to you. Lift them, strengthen them, and give them the victory as you ultimately deliver all of us from the weaknesses of this flesh. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Join us online every day of the week. Next Sunday, we'll be partaking in communion. Folks, the first time in how long since we've been in the building? How cool is that? We'll be partaking in communion together. Uh, the ushers will uh, take care of the communion differently than we have before, but it will be uh, uh, dispensed and given to where we can all take that time. But between now and then, uh, we're going to skip Wednesday night again this week. Okay, I, I just frankly I've been doing it for a long, long time, and I thought I'd take a couple nights off. And so we're going to start a new series uh, week Sunday week or Wednesday week. Okay, uh, we'll start a new series, but uh, this Wednesday night we'll take the night off. But every day we'll have mornings with Pastor Tim, women's meetings on Tuesday, men's meetings throughout the week. Just uh, call Dan, uh, Dan or Lori. And they'll give you the directions of what's happening. You're dealing with this old man. Deal with him. Don't ignore him. He's not going to go away. Deal with him. And show him who's in charge. And that's Christ in you. Can somebody say amen? Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. 
To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harden. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.